Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hi, I'm going to whisper some things to you now about Crunch Chocolate Bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy, munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the bun with Crunch. Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern-day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice, and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you're listening to Parents in Hell with... Can you say Josh Whittacombe? Josh Whittacombe. And Rob Beckett. Rob Beckett. Josh Whittaker. Me. <laughs> you were you were Josh Whittaker. No, because Josh Whittaker is Elsie. There we go. That is Aww. Elsie, who is three and thinks she is Josh Whittaker. Oh, bless her. She sounded cute. Yeah, she was nice, wasn't she? What's that? her vibe? What's she up to? Uh she's the daughter of Anthony and Tilly. That's all we've got. Tony and Tilly. Tony and Tilly. Tilly. I don't yeah. think they like Tony and Tilly. No, he was called Tony till he got together with someone called Tilly, and then he thought, "I'm going to have to go longer here, aren't I?" Yeah, you, Tony and Tilly are the kind of people you'd meet at an all-inclusive. <laughs> Were they in the caravan park? Tony, Tony and Tilly. Tilly. Yeah, that kind of vibe. They'd be from Lancaster, not Manchester. Lancaster live out in the countryside a little bit. They go to Manchester for a big shop, like yeah. you know, if it's a birthday, and um, yeah, they've been down to London a few times, but they they just they just love Malaga. <laughs> They've gone there every year for 20 years. How are you, Rob? I'm all right, actually. It's been busy. It's been a yeah. night. It's been busy. Um, but good, good. It's just it's just a lot of lots of children, isn't it, the uh, summer holidays? So all those moments when you are in between work or meetings and stuff, you have a bit of quiet, there is a child so near your face. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I made the mistake of saying once, what is what happened when they wanted something and I was trying to make them love, love me? I said, what are the rules in the summer holidays? There are no rules, which the five-year-old oh has remembered gosh. like I said it every day for 10 years. There's got to be rules in six me. weeks, Rob. I know, but I, I, I know that now. It's but six there weeks. Aren't, I know there aren't rules. It's there not aren't the purge. Rules. The purge lasts 24 hours, Rob. It doesn't I know, last six I weeks. That, that's like that thing, isn't it? There's a yes day in America where you just, whatever your kids want to do, you say yes for 24 hours. And it's right. like, what, and then it's just like you do mad stuff. Yeah. But I've done it for six weeks. Six weeks. I'm having so you haven't much even sugar. Done it for six weeks, Rob. Oh, God. Also, I'm trying to not drink, right? But then every day, 
about 11am, I go, all I want is a cold pint. But you can't have that every day at 11am. No, you can't, you can't have that any day at 11am, unless, unless you're on a stag do. No, holiday at 11am is all right, isn't it? Is it? No, it's not, is it? My problem is, if I have a, if I have a drink in the day... You've got, you're such a lightweight though, Josh. No, but... The, you're a terrible the lightweight. one pint, two pint... I just, I just feel shit after that. Can you reset and feel do you know, fine? Do you know how stiff neck the comedy industry is? Was when like I'd known you that much. I was like, yeah, Josh is a bit of a drinker. He likes a night out, right? And you used to like a night out when we were younger. You liked a night out, and you'd be out boozing, right? And then I drunk with you. You have four pints and you're sick. Yeah, it's the only way to keep going. <laughs> and then you do keep going, but it's because you've only ever got four pints in your belly. Yeah, one, two, three, four, back to zero. One, two, three, four, <laughs> back to zero. I think working class people are just better at, at drinking. Oh, yeah, I think they are. Because like, the amount of middle class comedy people that I've met that go, yeah, like, I was, you know, I had a drink problem at 18. And I'm like, did you? Or was you just 18? Because <laughs> if you're middle class, that's a problem. If you're working class, you just, you're just you 18. <laughs> you, know, you know those people, and they go, I can't, man, I had a problem at 18. I go, did you fuck? You had a middle class problem at 18. What were you that, drinking that you just, at 18? You know, when, I eight, when I was at uni... Yeah. So I was at uni at 18. I didn't used to get hangovers. I'd have like 10 pints and half a bottle of whiskey <laughs> on a night out, which is mental. I used to, before I'd go out, I'd drink a bottle of, I'd, I'd go and buy, go to the Sainsbury's and buy the reduced bottle of white wine and I'd just drink the whole bottle. And that was <laughs> before I went out. So I'd try and drink, I'd probably drink about half a bottle of whiskey before I went out. And then 10 pints is, a, is a, probably a lie. I probably might have, have caged me, but not very often. But then would have like, Loads of just loads of beer and then shots, but I can't remember what I was drinking because it was all like a quid and like yeah. watered down. I I vividly remember one night when I went uh, out to a place in Manchester called Fifth Avenue, which was a uh, and it, like Tony and Tilly love it there. <laughs> no, they don't, mate. It's a it's a uh, it's a a student uh, kind of student e indie club, and on a Wednesday it'd be a quid for a vodka Red Bull, but yeah. it wasn't Red Bull. It was like you know, oh yeah, yeah one two know. three go go juice yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I had 16 of them. And then I, I was walking home and I went for a piss down an alleyway. 16? 16 of them. I could tell because I was paying a pound a time and I had four quid left. <laughs> yeah. right? and, um, and then I went for a piss down an alleyway and there was an empty bottle there. And I, I remember pissing in that bottle. And then the next day I was walking to uni and I walked past the alleyway. And that bottle was glowing. Like the, the yellow of that bottle was like a colour I've never seen in my life before or since. Baroque, was it Baroque yellow? It was it Beyond was that. like it was something from the X-Men. It was like it was astonishing. Like a bottled water from Chernobyl. Those were the days, Rob. Those were the days. You could get away with that behaviour, couldn't you? you these could, days you know. I am it's it's mad how different my life is these days. In terms <laughs> of I had a, a pint last night when I did the gig and I was like do I really need this or is this going to impact how I feel when I'm watching the Olympics at 5.55 tomorrow morning? You want to be clear headed to watch that, you know, speedball well, running. Exactly. It's called. I, I want to be able to concentrate on the climbing. The modern pentathlon doesn't watch itself. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, Josh, um, I've got this really good play date email. And also you want to talk about party bags. Should we do party bags first? And well, we don't have to talk about party bags. I was just well, interested no, in your take on my party bags because I thought you'd absolutely destroy me for them. No, nah, you've been so mean to yourself. I want to hear about your party bags. What party bags have you got for your daughter's birthday? So, um, so far the party bags contain crayons. Yeah. Happy with that? What is the bag? Uh, it is a... 
Uh, Rainbow-coloured paper bag. Paper, not plastic? Rob, this is the thing. I'm catering for East London parents here. No, you're not. You're catering for children that don't give a fuck about the environment. Mate, 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 mate. There's no way I there's no way I can put a bottle of Oasis anywhere near these bags, mate. <laughs> what what we did, we got we got canvas bags that had some felt tips attached and you could colour in the back. Oh my word. I mean and you've got really cheap. big. What I did is I went on Amazon, I looked what was uh what was on Prime and that was these. And then what so you got some crayons in there? Crayons. Pom bears. Pom bears, that's fine. So yeah. what are you doing catering wise? Just what's in the because the party bag I thought you got given at the end. You do with sweets and stuff in it. Yeah. And but you you've put pom bears in the party. I don't assume part pom bears would be a part of the well, catering it, it, at the yeah, that the pom bears is just making up the numbers. It's just making up the numbers in the what's bag. What's the what's the food at the event? What's the food at the event? Well, it's two PM, Rob. So everyone's gonna have eaten. So up into three of these, they don't really cater them much. So we're just going to go sandwiches, crisps, and a cake. Just a few sandwiches and crisps and stuff just for yeah. to pick at. Yeah, okay, exactly. That sounds fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm down with that. And then uh, one of those uh, those curled up fruit whip things that you see in the organic shops. Okay, so that, that's in the party bag. I knew it'd wind you up, Rob. I, th- I think you need to rename the bag the guilt box. <laughs> So, the, so moment, you, the moment I ordered them, I thought, Beckett is going to be livid. What's the paper bag look like? It's rainbow coloured. It looks oh, like... Oh, it's got a rainbow colour. It's not just like yeah, a brown bag. No, no, like no. It looks QE. like... It, no, it looks... <laughs> it's, it's rainbow coloured. <laughs> I typed in party bags on Amazon. I didn't type in paper bags. Like, it looks a bit like the kind of thing you'd put sweets in at the cinema. So what um, else should I put in my party bag, Rob? Is that... No, no, no. <laughs> Jesus fucking Pombe. Sounds like you're having a clear out of your drawers. <laughs> No, I'm going to go to the toy shop. I'm thinking stickers, tattoos, power balls. Love it. I'm back in the game. Yeah. So I think you're padding it out with the pom bears. Yeah. And the yo-yos. I don't think you need to put the that yo-yos. In there. Oh, is Whether that what it's they're called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've got to put some kind of sweets in, but I think... You put some fucking sweets in. I don't know. I think you're going to get a lot of shit from the East London parents if you put some proper sweets in there, Rob. Look, the day the East London parents are happy with me is the day I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so what we did, we bought loads of inflatable balloons, you know, like helium balloons that, yeah. um, that are animals and tied a little string around them and then they could walk them home yeah. and they're weighed down. And that's all plastic and helium and helium's running out. But do you know what? Who cares? <laughs> I mean, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. I'm not getting around to it because I'm that's not going to be able to take that. them the to the park. love that. I'm not going to be able to take to the park. Like that's like a sort of um, like a sketch from a sitcom with them all blowing about. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the Only Fools and Horses one with the two inflatable women in the back <laughs> exactly. of the car. But they do love them. So we normally, t- we, we, what we did, we had that canvas bag. We just put some bubbles in it and loads of... Oh, like, bubbles like what is done. a winner. I'm going to go bubbles. Especially at the park. Bubbles is a winner. And then we didn't put, we didn't put, like, we put a little bag of Harry Bow in um, and a slice of cake, but nothing. Are you doing yeah. a cake? Yeah, you'd have been thrown out of Hackney the moment that Harry Bow was smelt, Rob. You're not allowed, Harry Bow. You'll be th- you'd have been thrown across the border into Tower Hamlets. Before. I got the I got the halal ones. Come on, guys, I'm trying. <laughs> it's like the veggie Percy pigs. I do like the veggie Percy pigs, though. But yeah, so that so, so you so yeah, but I, I don't think you should worry too much. Would you give your daughter Harry Bow? Yeah, of course. Exactly. So who cares? I like winding them. I like winding them up, though. Yeah, Rob. Like all the parents. You love that, mate. Yeah. You love that. I just want to be popular. I just want. 
I just want them not to remember me for getting a black cab to nursery. That's what I want, Rob. You want to be part of them, don't you? What I don't want to do is get out Monday morning, get out of the black cab. Someone say, have you got any Haribo in that black cab? Absolute oh, hammer God. blow. Here he is, Willy Wonka, the old sugar factory. <laughs> we tried to get the kids to sleep, actually. One of them's lost a tooth. We've got three, you know, three of them. They're still in bed. Stomach pains. Do you know what? I think that's all right. I don't think you need the pom bears in a party bag. I think that's... No, I'll be honest with you, get, Rob. You know, I've, I'm already working my way through the pom bears. I don't think they'll be there by next Saturday anyway. You're, you're panic packing the bag. Just get some balloon, bu- bubbles, sorry, and all that. Are you going to have balloons? You'll have balloons? Is that going to... Yeah, no, I'll just, go, I'll, it's, I'll just go into the local toy shop and I will be buying all of those extra little bits. The bubbles. The bubbles. The... Tattoos. I think the tattoos, tattoos are, are great, but what, well, you need a water source and tissue at the park. But I suppose you're giving them at the end, aren't giving you? Giving them so at the end. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think exactly. that sounds great. And have you got an, you've got a balloon, a bubble guy coming. Well, it's it's a general entertainer. They do they do a variety of different entertaining activities. Okay, fair enough. And you've got them there for how long? The whole time? And we've got soft play. You got soft play. The entertainer. How long? A three hour party is it? Or no end time? Yeah, well, it's over. I mean, it's 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 nominally three hours. You but, can't you know, really tell someone when to leave a park. It's can very you? difficult. It's you can't very like, right, difficult to say. I'm it's sorry, finished but now, and they're going. But we want to go to the swings. The party's finished. I said at five, <laughs> leave. No, but my daughter wants to go. Yeah, are your pom bears? Fuck off. <laughs> You've got crisps now. Fuck off home. God, it's her birthday. <laughs> But no, I don't think that's too bad. I think you're just sort of Josh panicking about the pom bears. But I think that's yeah. good. Yeah. Paper bag's better. A paper, I would go paper bag or canvas bag over plastic bag. There's not much in the price and it's better for the environment. I'm not that much of an the animal, The thing with Josh. a plastic pie bag, it's very difficult to use it as a bag for life. You're not going to get yeah. many shopping trips out of that little pie no, bag. No, I think paper is fine. I just think sometimes structurally it's more sound. Exactly. Exactly. Um, do you want this um, email? Yeah, and then we'll uh, bring on our guest. We'll bring on, bring I guess. On. Um, bring on. <laughs> All right, mate. Looking Parkinson. All right, okay. Here we go. Nightmare play date story. You've got to strap in for this. There's a lot to take in, but it's absolutely sensational. Okay, this is from Hadji85. Hi, Rob and Josh. Recently, you spoke about play dates, and I want to share a nightmare one we had. We live in Shanghai, and my husband made a friend with a lovely bloke Made a friend with a made friends with a with a lovely bloke. Um, made a friend with a lovely bloke. Like he went in double handed to find someone. <laughs> no. We're living in Shanghai, and my husband made a friend with a lovely bloke after joining a local cycling club. I am a sh- uh, oh s a h stay at home mum s a h m is that like a mum's net thing? Yeah, I mean s a h m stay at home mum. To uh, I hope so, unless I am there's some. I'm a psalm. psalm. I'm a psalm. I'm a psalm. I love Psalms. Yeah. I am a Psalm to our four-year-old son. So I was keen to get the families together as it can be hard to make friends when yeah. you're newly arrived you're in a foreign city. When you're a Psalm, when you've newly arrived in a foreign city, the other couple have a daughter who is seven years old, which wasn't an ideal age gap, but we made it work. So about five pay, so about five play dates deep, I invited them all over for a meal to our apartment, which is brand spanking new and is entirely white walls. Something was off the moment they arrived with the wife arriving first with the daughter and the husband arriving some 30 minutes later. The daughter was being particularly naughty and clearly didn't want to be at ours um, playing babysit to our four-year-old because what seven and four is quite a big gap if they're not sort of on the same wavelength. I noticed in our son's room that the paper lampshade had been written on with his name. 
in clearly very advanced handwriting. I knew it must have been the seven-year-old, but seeing as I was, it was only on a paper lampshade and things were already tense, I didn't say anything. Yeah. So the next day I noticed my son's name has been written on the walls in several places around the apartment and also on the white duvet in the guest room. Right. As it's a service department, we were we have the bedding changed once a week. So the maids were getting annoyed that the bedding was being daubed on. And by now, I was pretty peed off that their daughter had been so naughty. So in my frustration, I messaged the other mum to say, sorry to write this, but if my son done it, I would absolutely want to know so I could fix it and make sure it doesn't happen again. But I think your daughter's been writing all over the apartment. Anyway, she messaged back saying, <laughs> she messaged back only saying, Send me a photo of what was written. That was it, Josh. Oh my word! No, you know, no pleasantries. Oh just that. Word. Oh, I, I, I just, I just cut and run at that point. I immediately. Over. Well, they, this lady has not cut and run. She's no. in deep. I immediately knew she was going to deny that her daughter has done it. I was right. She, she messaged me back. My daughter says it wasn't her. Your son must be more advanced than he's letting on. So now she's accusing the four-year-old of lying. And being more advanced. Oh, my word. And so the lady said, yes, my four-year-old son who can barely brush his own teeth has been hiding from us and his school teachers that, in fact, he has the hand, he is a handwriting savant who could apparently write at exactly the same wall height as a tall seven-year-old. <laughs> oh. So, that, you know, she's angry now. Yeah. So we messaged back and forth and I refused to accept that it was my son as he can't write his name. And finally, the mother sends me a handwriting analysis. A handwriting had, analysis? That she had, she's had done by her own company employee no, who is what? qualified in handwriting analysis as proof once and for all that it was my son and not her daughter. Needless to say. That is insane. Yeah, absolutely manic. Also, that is, that is not a fair person to go to. No, also as well, you can, the, 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 even in a year of my daughter being at school from four, now she's, you know, four and a half, her writing has improved dramatically. So another three years, yeah. it's going to be, because there's kids in her class who can write like, it looks amazing. Anyway, yeah. so needless to say, I decided while I was being a bit of a Karen sending the text in the first place, this woman certainly doubled up on the crazy and totally over overreacted to prove her child was not a total brat. Insane. And I couldn't message her back to tell her she was nuts because she blocked me. <gasps> she blocked her? This is a five day in, there's five, five play dates they've had. Oh my God. It's mad, isn't it? There that are. This is insane. We've had a few places. Just do the zoo. Just do just, the zoo. You love the five hours at the zoo, but you couldn't believe how long. Because you, you, you're a big park guy, aren't you, Josh? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, you're over the park now. I'm, I'm. The park is is repetitive, Rob. It is repetitive, but where you are, it's great if you want. You know, it's a great a old fancy park. cocktail lo- in a locally sourced pub. But there's not loads to do for kids. You have to travel a bit further. Well, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what, what your kids are doing in your, like, in your local area, Rob. Air jump. Air jump? Five-minute drive, trampoline. What's air jump? Trampoline. Exactly, mate. You are mate, so Mate, we've got Westfield two. 10 What's, minutes away. Westfield's, Westfield's inside. Mate, that, air jump. You've not been to an air jump yet? Trampoline park? Have you not been to Westfield? It's got three escalators. <laughs> yeah, but we've got blue water. We've got go ape, mate. So, you hate go ape. You think I, it's too I much know. money for climbing on ropes. But, but I've got it if I want it. I'm just saying there's not as many options where you live for kids. Josh, let's not fall out over this. This is a very no, a, a no, great I, I working do, relationship I, we've got. But I'm just saying, Victoria look, Park go, is a I'm great go, park. I'm, I'm going you haven't to block got an you. I'm going to block you. <laughs> That's block the only way this can and end. And your daughter's been writing her name on my walls. 
Um, but no, <laughs> but the zoo, London Zoo is great. I admit that. Yeah. And I'm happy you had five Just hours. Here. Yeah. Um, I Would you have confronted the woman? I probably just wouldn't have invited them around again. I sort of think what you're getting out of it. One, just yeah. paint it white. Kids write on walls. My daughter wrote a name on the wall 20 times. It just happens. The kid's been seven and been a bit naughty. So just like cut them out. I'm not a big confrontation, let's have it out type person. No. I'll just, just sort of bin someone off. Yeah, much easier. Just Much easier. Um, anyway, listen, next week where me and Ellis James will be hosting <laughs> Parenting Hell. Um, who have we got today? We have got an absolute banger of a guest, Josh. And I feel like seeing as you've written a book about TV in the 90s, it's only yeah. fair that you introduce this guy. We should also mention that he's got a book out called Rerun the Fun. Uh, if uh, I mean, they know they know who it is because it's in the episode title. It's Pat Sharp. <laughs> so there's a certain demographic who are going to listen to this that are probably going to be more excited about Pat Sharp than any other guest we have. I'd say as well, he exceeds expectations, where sometimes you get like a legend of, of the 90s and they're a bit quiet and a bit boring. He's got loads of banner. Oh, he was great. I loved him. This is Pat Sharp. Hello, Pat Sharp. I was going to try and do it. <laughs> it's Friday afternoon. Get ready for the week. Pat, do you, do you want to do the intro to this one? It feels like uh, you're the you're the most uh, you know qualified to start a podcast in a upbeat manner. Here we go. Here we go. You'll like this. Friday afternoon, even if it's not welcome to the weekend, this is where it starts with the Parenting Hell podcast, starring Pat. That's a lot of peas. <laughs> That's incredible. That is. Is that just experience, or did you learn that somewhere? That I just like uh, I just learned to. Jock it, Rob, really. I just jocked it. I went to America on a skateboard when I was 19 and listened to the radio and came back and turned up the echo at Capitol. And from the top of the tower, we're smashing the tunes. <laughs> That's so true. It is, an, it is an American style, actually, because you do it a bit more delicately. It doesn't seem like a American. I got a bit older, so I've chilled out a bit now that I'm on Greatest Hits Radio, so I'm more laid back, uh, but still yeah. upbeat, still upbeat. But when I was 25, it was like, you know, people used to say, oh, I loved that, what you did, but I didn't get it. What was it all about? You know, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> Just energy. But that's the thing, yeah. though, is that having that energy. I think energy is good for anything you do, including, like, work or being a parent. It's when you're, you're knackered, you can't do it. And, it, and how, how many kids have you got, Pat? What's your, what's your setup now? You've got grown-up kids. Yeah, we have three kids and we have two grandchildren and one more coming. So, yeah. Oh, wow. So, what ages are your kids and the grandkids? Um, Daniel is 31, Charlotte's 29, Nikki's 34, and our grandkids are two and one month or five weeks. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And another one due in September. How is it being a granddad? Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's really good. We have beautiful, beautiful granddaughter, beautiful grandson, and another granddaughter on the way. And um, I love it. I mean, I love being called grandpa, and I like being young enough to sort of, you know, um, not look like a grandpa. I see some some of the dads out there, and I think, wow, you must be a grandpa too. And they go, no, 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 that's my kid, not my grandson. So... <laughs> 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 Those ones always look so tired, don't they? You know, yeah, the they really kids are. a bit older and they're yeah. just fucked. <laughs> Absolutely knackered. I see them in the park and uh, I'm running around and, you know, I'm just going to turn 60 and they're like, give us a break. <laughs> 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The most exciting part of a vacation stay at a home rental? Easy. It's being greeted upon arrival with a rusted lockbox affixed to the underside of a stranger's condo. Yeah, you simply twist knobs, click gears, jiggle it, and then rip it off its moorings, and voila! Your prize is a key to a questionable home rental and maybe tetanus. When you just want to get your vacation started by actually getting into your room, it matters where you stay. At Hilton, we deliver your key right to your phone on the Hilton Honors app. Hilton for the stay. Do you do? Do you get called on to do a lot of grandpa-based babysitting? We do, and we love it because, to be honest with you, I, you know, one of our grandchildren, Kaya, our oldest one, the two-year-old, is actually in America because our son lives in New York with his wife, and they're there, so we don't see them all the time, especially with what's been going on. So mm. when we get called to babysit our five-week-old one, we're there, and we often don't want to give him back, really, to be honest with you. So, yeah. Yeah. And you've got another one on the way as well. Yeah, but that's another one in America. So uh, oh, I, need, okay. I need the our British kids to really well. They're all British, but I need the ones who live here to really you know snap into it and get a few more kids here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and with um, having grown up kids, you know this is not a a good tip for life, I'd say. But some people have said to me that you know when they're grown up, it's just, you're just worrying about them in a different way. Do you find like What's it like being the parent of grown-up kids? Well, it's How really... often are you thinking about them? Is it dominating your life in the way it did when they were children? It doesn't dominate your life, Josh, but you are absolutely right. You're never going to stop worrying about your kids, and you're never going to stop lending them money and uh, getting them <laughs> a start on the property ladder and just, you know, <laughs> uh, just being there to help them, I suppose. And, and you'll yeah. always do that because they are your kids. So anything you think that you, you guys are spending now, believe me, it never ends. It just oh. keeps on going. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not what I want to hear, Pat. Well, it gets bigger. I mean, the sums get bigger, don't they? A deposit on a house is not exactly, you know, a train set, is it? And, uh, do you do you feel like um, was you working loads or was you off work when the, when the kids were small? Did you did you see a lot of them at, or, or was it a bit tight because you were you were all over the place on yeah. telly? Yeah. I imagine when they were younger. Yeah, I was working a lot, and I still am to this day to uh, pay for the extra bits that I just mentioned. So therefore, yeah. <laughs> it never stops. And never. Um, but I did see them a lot. Yeah, I was yeah. a pretty good hands-on dad, and I think my missus would agree with that. And I loved it. I mean, I took Nicky when Nicky was a kid. He was very funny because um, he was probably say two or three years old, probably three, three or four maybe. And we would go to sort of Chessington World of Adventures, and then someone would come up, and there were obviously were no selfies in those days because then nobody had a camera. So they would say, "Can I get your autograph?" And, you, and you, I'd say, "Well." I haven't got a pen and they go, well, I've got one and they find a pen in a handbag or whatever and you do one and then another person would come along and they'd get your autograph and then a big line would start and by the time you got to the end of the line, there'd be people going, yeah, can I get your autograph? And I'd go, sure, what's your name? And they went, yeah, what's yours? And I went, well, uh, um, why why do you want my autograph? They go, well, because everyone else did. And I said, all right. And then by that time, Nikki, who was about obviously about a foot tall or maybe two foot, I don't know how 
I can't remember how big kids are anymore, but he was a little boy and he would be tugging at my trousers and he got so used to hearing people saying my name that he said, for goodness sake, Pat Sharp, hurry up. (laughs) He goes, I want to go on the rides. And and that was how he grew up. He grew up calling me Pat Sharp because of people going, Pat Sharp. <laughs> so I never got called dad. I was just Pat Sharp to Nicky, and he's 34 now. But now he calls me dad, so thank heavens for that. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> eventually. As a kind of uh, celebrity in that world, did you like, when you're going to Chessington World Adventure, are you, are you queuing in those situations, or has the family got special perks? Well, we did have uh, some moments where they, you're, you're going to think this is really pretentious and your listeners are going to go, what a dick. But they <laughs> closed the theme park for us and we got in either early or late, like Tom wow, Cruise. Is yeah. that Tom Cruise? I mean, because yeah. at one point, Pat, I would say he was one of the most famous TV presenters in the country. Easily. <laughs> well, you know, kids TV, you know, yeah. I never well, really... No, uh... Yeah, but then I think actually kids TV makes you mega famous because they grow up with you. And then they see you on other things, so it's like they've it's all true. seen you, and it's sort of there's a different bond. I find really, you've, you've summed that up, Rob. There's an amazing affinity with kids' TV presenters because I can go into a room where there's somebody of say you know your guy's age, and there's Graham Norton, and the person who's coming over will probably come up to me as a kids' TV presenter before they go to Graham Norton because it's yeah. part of their childhood, yeah. and they rem- they remember you from a time. When they didn't have, you know, relationship, mortgage, rent, this, that, job worries, and everything else, they just remember chucking down their school bag on a Friday afternoon, and uh, you know, and watching me and the twins and some bright colours and a bit of gunge. I mean, what's not to like? <laughs> but what, um, what um, age were your kids when all that was going on? Were, were they fans of the show? Are they too young or too old? No, I can't Nikki, remember the timeline. Yeah. Nicky was spot on. Our eldest son, he was spot on. He was about the right age and a little bit younger than the contestants. They were around about 12 or 13. Mm. He was probably about, it started, Nicky was born in 86. The show started in 89. So by the time the show was sort of 93, 94, he was, he was a, a prime candidate fan. He used to come to some of the recordings. And we, we made Funhouse the whole series for each year was made in one week at Scottish television. Really? In yeah. So we would go for seven days. I'd take, I'd take the uh, time off capital. And then for seven days, we would go to Scotland and we would do one in the morning, one in the afternoon, two times seven is 14 series done for a whole year. So I've only ever spent 10 weeks of my life doing Funhouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? And then it's it can sort of, you know, define someone and be such a big show. I know. You know. Isn't that mad? Isn't that mad? Because, you know, I mentioned this uh, when I last spoke to Josh and I said to him that, uh, you know, people will come up to me and say in, in a burly voice, a great big guy at a, at a, at a DJ set, and go, <laughs> you made my childhood. <laughs> and I'm going, I'm going, well, that's just as well, isn't it? And, uh, you know, so uh, and, and you think about it that people come up and also say to me, not my name. They just look at me and go, Funhouse. I mean, <laughs> the best story the best story I've ever got of that one was at the Nordoff Robbins Music Awards lunch in about early 2000s, and Posh was there, as in Victoria Beckham, mm. and with David, and they were sitting at a table, and they had people around them so that people couldn't go up to them um, because they were sort of the, the flavor of the month at the time, and they didn't want everybody coming up to them, and they couldn't eat their lunch and blah, blah, blah. So 
at one point I sort of glanced over and uh, and she smiled, which she doesn't do a lot, as you know. And she um and she wagged her finger in a in a way to say beckon you over like this. And I thought, oh, okay. oh. I went over. I went hi. She goes hi. I just want to say that I heard you on the radio the other day and you were uh, mentioning my autobiography, Learning to Fly, and it was so nice. You were so kind about me and you weren't rude about me or David or anything like that. And it was just really nice. And David was in the bathroom and he and he heard it as well. And while she was saying all this to me, I just focused on her eyes and he was grinning and leaning over her shoulder next to her, looking at me, just smiling. So I then looked looked around and I went, oh, that's great. Who's your friend? And um, and she said, oh, that's my husband, David. And I went, oh, right, yeah. And he was obviously the England captain at the time and, yeah. and you know, probably equally as famous as he is now. And, uh, and he looked at me and literally in his voice, he just went, fun house. <laughs> And I went, yes, it is, David. It is, is Funhouse. So growing up then, did your kids love it and they were like proud that their dad was doing Funhouse and all the kids knew who you were or is it a little bit of a bore for them and a bit tiresome? I wonder. I don't know. I've never really asked them. I think they just think that that's what I did and and that's what it was. You know, I lived in a Funhouse with these two cheerleaders, you know, a couple of blonde twins and my wife didn't mind. Their mum was fine with it. So, you know. Yeah, look, you must get so many comments about the twins. It's sort of oh. it's ridiculous, isn't it? Well, the the best comment I ever get, and it's the standard one that I'm sure you know is coming, literally. And they they just say, um, you know, people get at a gig, they'll just say like, uh, so uh, shag the twins. I go, <laughs> uh, well, uh, I just I, I've given up denying, so I just go, I just go, yes, and their mother, and you know, and they go, oh yeah, good on you, mate. Yeah, can't blame you for that. Can't blame, can't blame you. For you for- <laughs> It's amazing. Some, that it is sometimes easier just to just let people have what they want to hear. Where it was, yeah. uh, people go, oh, I think you went to school with my husband. I'm like, yeah. all right. And they show me a photo of him. I'm like, well, he didn't look, he wasn't a 45-year-old father of two <laughs> at school. And I used to go, I don't remember. Now I go, oh, yeah, I know him. Even though yeah. I go, no, I, the amount of people I've agreed I went to school with. <laughs> yes. And and I get the people who lie as well. They go, yeah, I was on Funhouse, uh, 90, <laughs> class of 92, you know. And I go, oh, right, yeah. Uh, yeah, how was it? You, you know, what, what what team are you on? What colour? They go, ah, oh, green team. I go, well, it's only red or yellow, so tricky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you? Was it weird being left in charge of? Well, you, you you were a parent at the start of it, obviously, but you kind of you're in charge of all these kids on Funhouse. What was it like relating to those kids that were on TV? Did you feel like you were having to look after them as much as present the TV show? Well, they had chaperones. They had people who looked after them, obviously, when, you know, between mm. sort of the shots. And obviously, the twins were also given the main job. So, you know, Martina being yellow, not green, and <laughs> Melanie being red, not green, would look after their respective twins. And I would just sort of stroll in to, uh, to give them the money shots, you know, as in, hey, 25 yeah. points. <laughs> we said respective twins. Were all the guests twins? No, 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 not no, the guests, was... the, the, the cheerleaders. <laughs> yeah, no, I knew they were twins, but yeah, when you sorry. said they're respective twins, oh, they, were, oh, they got given to it. I didn't know every contestant was also <laughs> a twin. Can you imagine? imagine? That's so cast, clever. I normally hear things in different ways. I'm quite used to that with the radio, and you heard that differently. That's very good, very good. <laughs> I was just like, I didn't know that. That's been so hard to cast them all. Series 14, there's got to be some more twins somewhere, well, I've, got, I've got two of a triplet. Can we have them in? Surely, yeah, that's so good. And they look so different. <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I did just mishear that. 
I mean, when you're <laughs> dropping your kids at school and stuff, right? So, and you're on the most. Po- How many people are watching Funhouse at this point? Do we know? Oh, did you? Well, crazy figures: seven or eight million, sometimes ten. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Five that's to five strictly. on a Friday afternoon. There yeah, you go. that's amazing. So, when you're turning up at school to drop your children off at school. That must have been like pretty exciting for all the other kids there, right? <laughs> unless, unless Dave Benson Phillips' kids are also going there. <laughs> uh, well, he, he didn't. He didn't have any kids until he was quite a bit older than me, so I had a head start on him with the gun and the kids. But um, I think, <laughs> oh, did he nick the gun from you? Well, it was who, who's I, the, who was the gun, gun's originator. Well, do you know what? When Dick and Dom did their final Saturday morning show on the Beeb a good few years ago, they had me on, and I was a guest as the godfather of Gunge, so I think that says it all. (laughs) (laughs) See you in court, Dave Benson Phillips. (laughs) It's official. But I would would go to school, and and, uh, Josh mentioned that. We we would drive our kids to school because it was a bit far away, and then one day uh, it would be me and my wife, and the next day uh, some friends of ours and obviously there would be their kids, and it was a rotor. And um, a guy called Darren Richmond, who was, ironically, uh, this is worth a mention here, a quick plug on your podcast, the uh, the co-author of my book, Rerun the Fun, which uh, came out last year and isn't out in paperback until October, but it's well worth a buy. I'm going to definitely he... buy the book. Was it Rerun the Fun? Yeah, Rerun the Fun, Rob. That's it, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm yeah. 100% buying that for people for Christmas, and I say that as someone who's written a book about the 90s. <laughs> I go. feel like I've been completely... Actually, someone who knows about the 90s has written a book as well. So I feel, don't buy mine, buy Pat's. Yeah, but mine is a spoof memoir. It says on the front cover, based on an untrue story. So you have to get into it and judge which bits are true and which bits aren't. But it's it's a lot more fun than my real life. So uh, that's why we called it, that's why we called it Rerun the Fun. Oh, it's got amazing reviews as well. It has. Uh, No, it really has. It did really well. Yeah, from GQ, a funny relief from the Dumpster Fighters 2020, hilarious, racy, and largely untrue, The Guardian. Yeah, you smashed it. Look at this. Thanks, mate. But um, this is Darren and Luke, the main writers. I just contributed. and <laughs> So Darren Richmond uh, sat in the back of my car with my boys and our daughter and his brother on the way to school. It's a very big car. And um, we, uh, we we used to take the kids. And, you know, my kids would get out and say, thanks, Daddy. Bye-bye. Have a, have a good day. Bye-bye. He never said thank you. Never said a word, Darren. Every time I looked in the mirror and uh, the... And the look back at the traffic or whatever was going on, I'd see his eyes looking at me like Damien from the movie The Omen. So who's and, this your, who's your, your friend's son? Yeah, who, <laughs> who, who 30 years later comes to me and says, oh, I want to write a book on Funhouse. It was my favourite show. And I never said thank you because uh, you, 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 know, you were driving me to school and you were the guy who hosted Funhouse and I was a bit over-enamoured with it all. Oh. So, so that's why. And oh. uh, so, so we did the book together with another guy uh, you know, called Josh. That was good. That's, oh, that's, so you used to drive him to school and then he, you end up writing a book with him, but he was too nervous to say thank you. Yeah, that's exactly it. And literally, he came to me 30 years later, and he's, he's been writing for uh, The Independent and loads of newspapers, and he's a, he's a uh, you know uh, quite a prolific uh, theatre guy and does various different things with, with comedy, and he's, he loves you guys. He's, he's, when I told him I was speaking to you guys, he's, he's a huge fan, so there you go. Oh, thank oh, you. Oh, well, I would say thank you, but I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> well, come back to me in three decades and it'll be fine. <laughs> hey, welcome to IKEA, where even this desk is circular. Huh. How so? Looks pretty rectangular to me. It's because we're always looking to repair, reuse, and we love our products, like buying back your IKEA items for store credit or shop our as-is section for great deals. You can even order free spare parts. 
Get on the circular path for a more sustainable future. Still a rectangle. Get started at ikea-usa.com slash circular. Visit ikea-usa.com slash circular for as-is information and buyback and resale terms and conditions. Spare parts not available for all products. This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. Just because you're working out doesn't mean you shouldn't look fabulous. The Inspire Collection by Kalia was designed with both style and performance in mind. It looks good, feels good, and stays put no matter how you move. And the collection has everything you need for a day at the gym. A support bra, crop tanks, bike shorts, amazing leggings, and more. It's their most versatile collection yet. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. Um, with you, with the grandkids now, do you notice like the, how different it was when your kids were that young? With your, you know, your children, um, is there many big differences of like what happens with like babies now to thirty odd years ago? Pat? Oh my goodness! I'm so pleased you brought this up. Apparently, <laughs> babies can't have water till they're about thirty seven now, <laughs> and, and and you you can't. Put them on their side for more than four seconds, and then you can't do this. I mean, our kids were gnawing the side of their cot and eating the paint, and they were drinking out of a hose pipe. And and, ever, and I took Nicky. I mentioned this earlier. I forgot to say because I got got sidetracked. You know, when he was about three or four years old, I took him to see Def Leppard and Eric Clapton in the same night. I mean, can you imagine someone doing that now? They go, "Oh no, you couldn't possibly do that." Please put the please put the ear defenders on. You know. I mean, you know, we were just having a blast. I took him to California. We went from uh, from San Francisco to L.A. on the, you know, US 101 and then into Vegas. And he was only a kid. And, you know, we, I, was, I was teaching him how to go swing, swing, because Wayne's World was out, you know. So we were having, a, we were having the best time. But things have changed, apparently. You can't do any of that stuff. Well, you, do your kids tell you off then for doing it wrong when you're looking after, like holding the baby they, and things like that? They do. They do. They really do. And I have to ask, I go, oh, is it okay? Yeah, can I pick pick her up? Yeah, is that all right? Can I pick him up? Yeah, is that okay? How, how long now? Oh, sorry, due for a nap. Okay, straight. The, and the timings, they go, on, on FaceTime with Nikki in America and uh, his wife Jordana, it's like, got to go, it's quarter two, nap time. And I go, oh, oh maybe do it at 10 to, or would that break the whole thing? You know? No, no, got to go. <laughs> It must be so hard, though, your, you know, your grandchild being away because, you know, it's only two years old. Lockdown must have started when, when it was like six months old or something. Yeah, exactly right. Most of her life, Kaya's her name, most of her life has been in lockdown. But we have been able to see her a couple of times. She's been over a couple of times because she has dual nationality. Because she's American, she has to have, obviously, people with her to travel. And so, therefore, our, our son and his wife, who are English, are able to bring her backwards and forwards from the States, whereas we can't go oh. to the States. So that's oh. quite that's quite good oh so that's we works to, well yeah we have seen her and and you know they they facetime us and stuff so we see her every day and in the park or in the bath or whatever and she knows us well enough now from from seeing us a couple of times or a few times uh that uh you know that even on facetime it works so that's an amazing thing to have these days yeah. if you've got kids far away or grandkids going through the teenage years of your children what was that like because me and Rob, like, we present this podcast from the position of people that only really understand the first few years of parenting. How tough was it being the parent of teenagers? Do you know, I don't remember our kids being that awful. I do remember, well, I have to say, they, they did all try and leave home with, like, a knapsack at one point. So yeah. they kind of, like, you know, they I'm going to find <laughs> my Whittington, fortune. Yeah. And they went off like Dick Whittington and just went, you know, oh, I go, where are you going then? And they got to the end of the road. They go, oh, I'll go to Pete's house. 
I go, oh, right, yeah. You check with his parents or not? Yeah, you know, maybe that, perhaps that won't work. And they go, oh. And then 10 minutes later, they were a bit hungry and came back. So, uh, yeah, you know, you, you're going to get issues. But I don't remember them being that bad. They've, they've mm. always been good good kids, and uh, that's due to our fine are, parenting skills. Are you the disciplinarian, or is that your wife that does that? Um, yeah, probably more, Monica. She's Scandinavian, so they're a bit fiery, you know. She likes to <laughs> shout a bit. <laughs> um when they were kids, I know, I know you get asked a lot about your hair, Pat, and I, I do apologise for that. <laughs> Did How you manage to get the hair question into a podcast about kids? <laughs> Did they grow, were they born with a mullet? <laughs> <laughs> I can see the mullet. The mullet's coming through first. Um, <laughs> when you're taking your kids for the haircut, Pat, and you've got the mullet, did any of them did give the mullet to any of your children when they were growing up? Nicky had quite long hair when he was a kid. It was just, we yeah. just let it grow and it wasn't ridiculous mullet style, but it was sort of that pudding bowl haircut, you know, where it sort of just like goes over the eyes a bit and you can't see where yeah. you're going like a dog. And um wasn't fair on him because he bumped into everybody at Chasing the World of Adventures when he was trying to get me to go <laughs> on the rides. And um I think that, you know, you can't do that to a kid, can you? It wouldn't be fair. You know, a junior Joe Exotic is no fun for anyone. So. <laughs> I think, uh, no, they just had normal, regular hairstyles, and they're, they're normal, regular kids who've grown up into normal, normal, regular adults, so it's all good. Have any of them followed you into show business? Absolutely not, no. Nicky, in America, he's in IT recruitment, and uh, Charlotte's a makeup artist, and uh, Daniel works with my production company, so at the end of the day, no, they haven't. Not Well, I mean, working with the production companies, you know, we do jingles and music imaging and commercial mm. production and stuff like that, so uh, that's similar, but um, I don't think any of them have any wish to to jump on a stage and, and say, welcome to the weekend. <laughs> None of them want a BMX onto the stage and uh, cover children in guns. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? Yeah, I think I was I was riding a BMX onto a onto a TV show, age twenty eight, which was just really odd. <laughs> but, uh, and in BMX bright clothing as well. It was... It's um, it's an amazing kind of thing to have happened to you that you were such a kind of big deal during your child on children's TV during your children's kind of uh, childhood. I've said the word child too many times in that sentence. It was very <laughs> clumsy. <laughs> I was looking for variant words. I couldn't come up with one. Kids. Did you? A kids. Thank you. Blimey. <laughs> I've got a baby. I'm very tired, Pat. <laughs> very tired indeed. Um, did you realise at the time what a kind of exciting thing to be involved in it was, Funhouse? I don't think you do at the time. I mean, do you realise when you guys are on the telly that what you're doing is being seen by loads of people and everybody loves you? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know. Not on TV anymore, Pat. We dream of eight million. We dream of eight million. <laughs> no, but I think you just go yeah. to work and do Last Leg now, yeah. Josh. But yeah. in years to come, Last Leg, Actually. you know, it's a huge show. And it had, especially around the Paralympics, it made such a difference. It's like the kind of thing you don't really appreciate it until you stop doing it, I think. I think you do. I think I've certainly... And you must have this with Robin Romesh, where like you're sat there, like when you're nominated for a BAFTA or when you're turn on the skybox and it says Robin Romesh as the main thing. Does part of I'm always going, try and remember this, try and enjoy this, all that kind of stuff. Were you doing that with Funhouse? No, you really weren't. You you treated it as your job and you went and did your job and you did it to your best of your ability, but you didn't realise that in all these years to come, uh, you know, you would be called a cult by people. I think that's what it was. <laughs> I hear it all the time from like car windows. Pat, 
can't we? <laughs> <laughs> and and with your like grown up kids now, is it difficult as a grandparent to you say that like parenting's very different now and all that kind of stuff? I I don't know if I'd find it easy to just let them do it in their own way completely without offering advice or without going, oh, do you know I did it? Like, do you find you have to sit back or do you, um, are you an interferer? I find that it's probably better to sit back and just discuss it with your partner, your wife, your husband, because the kids who now have the kids, i.e. you guys, compared to say your parents are, they're going to be the people who are running the show and you're reading things, you're going to classes, you're doing things online and things are done differently and everything has a, a safety aspect now. Health and safety is is prominent these days and we didn't know about a lot of stuff. But I had no idea that kids now, honestly, cannot have water till a certain age and yet our kids have water. They were thirsty, so they had some water when they were babies. But apparently you cannot give a baby water. The car seats, the car seats are so heavy. Have you dealt with oh, your five-week-old car seat yet? Absolutely. I mean, no offence, <laughs> I cannot get that out now for the life of me. Yeah. That's I, there I, forever, Pat. And there's a thing, you have to turn it around as well at an angle. It swings around <laughs> like the girl in The Exorcist, her head, and I go, whoa, what's going on? And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't do it. My wife does all that stuff, and, uh, and then we just call our kids and get them to do it because we can't. <laughs> Yeah, the isofix, the level of safety in the isofix, it's, it's like they're going up to space. It's like yeah. an astronaut yeah. ship. <laughs> the green and the red bits as well, and you're like, is that a proper green? I don't know if I've properly greened that. Yeah, or amber. What's that, tiny... safe enough? <laughs> amber. It's either red or green, surely, with a seatbelt. <laughs> Do you feel completely confident? Like, have you got, with, with a baby, like, do you have the same confidence with a baby that you kind of got when you were in your 20s and 30s when you had children like does that stay with you or do you feel like like riding a like riding your bmx pat no one ever forgets <laughs> how to ride a bmx well i had i never had a bmx i wanted a rally chopper when i was a kid and i got an ellswick hopper with a basket on the front so i was uh, not the most popular kid in school but uh, um with our grandchildren you are much more safety conscious you're much more aware my wife keeps saying don't do that you follow her up the slide follow her up the slide stand on the top stand on the top and i'm going for goodness sake it's a kid we did this with our kids she's going no but you can't and then she realizes that we have turned into our parents the way they used to talk to us yeah. that's all it is we're just yeah. really really careful because it's not our kids so we've got to be careful and yeah. heaven forbid you know they give you their kids and then you take them out for the day and you come back and they've got a you know a cut or a bruise you, you oh know, yeah you, you, oh that's not for us we want a very safe day we might just you know keep them in the car seat and say we couldn't get out just stuck in there <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, no risk no risk at all there yeah. just keep them strapped in <laughs> what kind of things do you do with your uh what, what would be your day out that you take your grandchildren on well Obviously, we haven't done too many of those because we haven't had uh, our granddaughter. She's the only one who's kind of suitable mm. at the moment because Jaden is only five weeks old. So we, with Kaya, we, we you know we take her to the to the park and we took her to a to a place called Willow Farm where she got to you know see the animals and do stuff like that and watch a little show. So just but she's really content, you know, just just being a grandkid, often sitting in front of. Uh, you know, Luca on on Netflix or something. So, uh, you know, uh, I I just enjoy any time with her, even reading her yeah. a story or giving her a bath or whatever. I mean, she loved the bath because uh, when she was here last time, uh, one of our baths has a just a, a shower at the top of it, as many baths do. And literally, I was I was changing the uh, 
the tap water from coming into the bath to then moving it to the shower and she thought she was under a waterfall because it was just the best fun for her and she was screaming with laughter every time I changed it from the tap to the waterfall <laughs> tap to the waterfall and she she loved that so you know just natural fun things that you did with your kids and and I've got you know I've got a couple of laser pens as well that I use sometimes at my gigs you know safety of course but uh, and she loves the laser pen I just put it on the walls and on the floor and she just runs after this dot you know so yeah. <laughs> great idea <laughs> we it's that weird isn't it that like you can buy all these toys we've got like but that's not normally like the thing that the child we've got a tube one of those tubes to take for the aircon unit to go outside mm-hmm. and my daughter has been playing with that tube for the last two days yeah because it because it clicks open and it clicks closed and she loves that far more than anything we've spent money. You have locked far her outside. More. She's trying to crawl back in, to be fair to her. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with kids is, and I remember this when ours were little at uh, birthdays and Christmas, you get them all these presents because you want to be lovely to your kids and spoil them a bit. And they're literally ripping open the wrapping and seeing the box, and they're not even bothered to open the box to actually get the toy out. They're just moving on to the next one. And it's all about the wrapping and the boxes in the end, and they ignore the toys. You should just buy them empty boxes and some wrapping paper, and they'll be very very happy yeah and also as well you get i think parents get so worked up with a must-have toy of like christmas or whatever was that was it was you ever like hunting down a buzz light year or whatever at christmas for your kids or was it always a bit calmer absolutely and i was was quite lucky because i did the opening tv show for euro disney for itv it was me and matthew kelly and we took a bunch of kids out there to to euro disney and we were there for like two weeks and then did the opening show on the night and uh, that had a huge audience, like 23 or 24 million, I think. And uh, it, was a, it was a massive show. And uh, they gave us literally all the, the Buzz Lightyears and all the various toys of the time. And uh, probably pre-Buzz Lightyear, so it would have been whatever the Disney film was at the time. And uh, I, I just gave them all to our kids, so they were very happy oh, with that one. But oh, I my God. I can remember looking for presents and stuff like, you know, without getting lucky like that and going around Hamleys and stuff and then being sold out and having to get, oh, I tell you what they did want. They all wanted, and they were really hard to get. All our kids wanted Furbies. Furbies were a thing, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. And they were like, you, you had to like look after them and they grew and, and nested. And then and then suddenly that like they just like, like a sort of a computer or something, they just gave up the ghost and they just don't do anything anymore. They just died. <laughs> and I think once your Furby died, it was just like a dog or something. You know, that's it. Sorry, he's gone. I'm gone. <laughs> With Tamagotchi, you know, the awful crap Tamagotchi things well. where you kept oh, everything yeah. alive. Yeah. I killed my Tamagotchi. Got him. I got him wet on a log flume, and that's how he died. Absolute heartbreaking way. Didn't I was looking after him computer wise, but just got him wet. And when Nicky was little as well, our eldest, he uh, he came to the Smash Hits Awards one year with me when I won worst haircut for the third year in a row. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that even a prize, you know? And I never got an award for it. I just got, hey, you've won. but I, And I got listed in the magazine, but I never got a trophy. So that's oh. really unfair. He came with me, and it was when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were number one with that record. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You, you probably don't remember yeah. that. Anyway. Oh, they right, had a number right. one. So Nicky, who loved the Turtles, because they were the biggest cartoon at the time when he was growing up, he got to hang out all day with the Turtles until they came into the green room with their heads off, and he was most disappointed. <laughs> Did you take him to lots of things like that then? That everything. must have been like, because he's got like the keys to the kingdom of being a child, everything. really, right? Yeah, everything. He, he came regularly, week in, week out, to Noel's house party. He would just come with me go, hi, Noel. And what was Noel like? Uh, big hair and... Um, and uh, small. He Well, I do remember, I, I, I went... 
I, like a Furby. I only rang... <laughs> you should have just taken I... him home. Let him look after him. Can you imagine? Noel's died. Look, it's not working anymore. <laughs> Josh Whittacombe took him on a log flume. <laughs> so I only only rang the doorbell once at Crinkly Bottom. I often appeared on it coming out of his little box. He used to have these boxes that open up, as I remember. And um, I rang the doorbell, and uh, he was quite a bit smaller than me and I was on a step to make me look even taller the other side and he looked straight up at me and went well, look at your hair and I went you can talk and uh, <laughs> you know and I think it was rehearsed and planned but either way from there it was a bit of banter at the uh, the doorbell and then and then I uh, and then I went off again and then I wasn't asked back so yeah oh, oh Edmunds yeah. didn't like the hair banter no. Well, you couldn't take it. It's a lot of that in my book, actually. There's a couple of chapters on on going to a party with Noel. But is it uh, fact or is it fantasy? I'll leave it for you, to, you oh. guys to decide. Well, it must be weird in that world because obviously you seem very level-headed and with it. But the, you can imagine the sort of mad egos of that time when you know, when, you know, twenty, you know, say twenty-three million people watch you on that other show and ten million people. When it all gets big figures like that and people are in demand and getting paid well and they're the flavour the month you must have noticed that of a lot of people big egos and things like that did you did you did you notice that from others i suppose some people were a bit more yeah into what they were doing than me and i just took it with a pinch of salt and was just kind of happy-go-lucky and uh nice to be you know nice to be important more important to be nice type thing because i've always you know think that it's just pleasant to treat people the way you want to be treated so i didn't take too much into it but maybe they were i remember going on surprise surprise with Scylla. i mean i went on all, all these great shows you know i went on you bet and surprise surprise and and uh, celebrity squares with bob monkhouse and uh, that, that was the best one i did celebrity squares and and um I was waiting to meet Bob Monkhouse. It was all quite exciting. And I was just standing in a corridor and he came walking towards me and he was with this guy. And I heard this guy saying to him, right, Bob, Bob, this is, uh, this is Pat. He does a show called Funhouse and he's, uh, he probably seems got the long hair and everything. He goes, yes, yes, I know. So I go, hi, Bob, how are you? How are you? How are you? Nice to meet you. And he goes, Pat, how's the Funhouse? <laughs> And I went, you don't even know what my fun house is, but it's all right. <laughs> I've got to ask, since you brought up you bet, can you remember any of the uh, ch- any of the challenges that were done? In I front love you bet. I want to bring you bet back. I'd love that would be my dream job to host you bet if that came back. Oh, I'd, if Rob Beckett hosted you bet, I would ask to be a regular on the panel because <laughs> that would be the best Saturday night of my life. It was. When you look back at some of these shows, when they rerun them, you think, wow, was that even a show that got commissioned? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did it with – did Bruce Forsyth do it for a while? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, Matthew yeah. Kelly so was – Yeah, yeah so I did it with Bruce, and I did it with Matthew, and I did it with, you've forgotten, Darren Day. Oh, oh Darren, Darren Day. Day. He had a good run at a few bits, didn't he? Yeah, Darren Day. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Scylla Black, yeah. surprise, surprise. I went on with yeah. Scylla and I had to take a uh, a viewer who won a competition to meet Michael Bolton and she goes, We have got someone to take you. I'm, I'm doing a great Scylla impression here. But we've got someone to take you, uh he she said to the winner, who, who you are just gonna love. I'm gonna bring him on now. He has got lovely air. His <laughs> air is lovely. And uh, and I came on, and she goes, "Oh, I love your air," and she she touched my mullet and sort of moved it all around. And I was just going, "Hey, anyway, uh, well done, winner. Let's go. Come on, uh, the limousine's waiting. We're going to get to Wembley to meet Michael Bolton, even though it was like you know in two days' time." And 
it was just extraordinary. And, and Scylla was very enamored with my hair. Uh, my oh. uh, What happened? When did you decide to get rid of the the air? Uh... Well, I had a phone call from my wife one day when I had one of those big car phones and it rang. And you were always really excited back in the day. You won't know this because you're way too young. And it, <laughs> and it rang and it, it only ever rang with a number because you couldn't have a name on it in those days. And it was like I was going, yeah, I better take this call coming through in the car. Here we go. <laughs> And it was the days when, when you could pick up your phone as well. And it was just great. It was on this sort of uh, thing where you clicked it off like that and you went, hi, yeah, hi, it's me. I'm in the car. Yeah, I, I can, yeah, I can talk. Yeah, hi, yeah, hi. Oh, hi, it's you. Yeah, okay. I think she was the only one who had the number anyway. So, I, I, And it cost about 40 quid to phone me as well. <laughs> and and she said, um, she said, I want to speak to you when you get home. And I went, no, speak to me now. I've got a car phone. <laughs> and, and, she, and she said, no, no, just, just, uh, just you and me when we get home. Uh, we got, we had no parents, so the au pair look after the kids, and uh, and I just need to speak to you. I went, hmm. So I thought it was a bit odd, and I got home and was quite happy to hear that you know she wasn't unwell, there wasn't any problems or anything. She just said, I want you to cut your hair. And I went, oh, well, wow, phew, because it was a bit of a relief. There was nothing wrong. I went, sure, sure. So I had my hair cut, but obviously I couldn't let it go in one go. So for about six months, I had a bob. And it was just, <laughs> it was sort of shoulder length, living the dream, as long as nobody went, went around the back and didn't didn't see that it wasn't full length anymore. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, it was like so a what, school what, of what age was that you, you went to uh, the bob before, like, more of a, uh, you know, cent- tr- traditional cut? It was 94. 1994. 1994. I wasn't 94. So you it didn't have it for that. So how long did you have it for? So you didn't have it. So it was quite a, yeah. So you didn't have it years and years. No, I then. only had my mullet probably for seven or eight years, I reckon. But it's it stood the test That's of time. I think that was a good decision, though, because if you're still like, what you got that you mulleted now, or you about you just a normal, no, right. Regular Rob, like you, really just sort of side partying, much like just you actually. Party. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think if you, that's the thing. If someone who's like mega famous, so a certain, if you continue, if you don't evolve, it looks a bit tragic, doesn't it? If you still had the mullet now, I oh, think it'd yeah. be too much. Yeah, it would be Joe Exotic. It would be odd. And it, it would be <laughs> yeah. horrible. And I haven't got any tigers, and I'm not in jail, so it just wouldn't work. <laughs> there was a, there was a there was a mullet era though where you look absolutely phenomenal, and that was when it was like almost just like really like a bit ringletty, curly but less mullety and just like ah, a massive ah, head of hair. Hang on. No, you you have you've made a massive faux pas. If you want to bring that picture up now and uh, have a look at it, I know what you're looking at. That yeah. was me going to my friend's hair salon to have the very first hair extensions after I'd had my hair cut because he wanted to use me in a in a newspaper. It was the mirror and they were running a thing on hair extensions with his salon. So I agreed to go in. He put the <laughs> hair extensions in. It's the, it looks ridiculous that picture. Is this it's, one where it's the white t-shirt with the black writing written on it? I think so. The, the hair just doesn't look real. If you look closely. No, yeah. Yeah, it's, you can see the top bit. And oh, there you yeah, go. yeah, 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 yeah. You. You, you really can see the join. <laughs> yes, you can. Basically, yes, what happened was, this was for the mirror, and we yeah. went in, and, and I got papped about the only time in my life from a distance outside because they saw me going into this hair salon. They called someone, and I got papped from about 50 metres away, and the pictures went in the sun saying, Pat can't bear to live without his mullet. <laughs> Full page, full page. That's amazing. And, and the mirror never ran their piece on hair extensions with the salon because they were scuppered by the rival paper. Oh my word! Oh wow! <laughs> awesome. I think the mullet is coming, making a comeback at the moment, though. Genuinely, yeah. Damon Albarn's really got is. one, Rob. Has that he? Really is. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's not the same. I don't think he well, really has any sway on pop trio culture anymore, though, Damon no, Albarn. No, no, I think that's I'm fair afraid. enough. I think that's fair enough. When I saw the Damon Albarn one that you mentioned, Josh, I uh, yeah. I commented on Twitter. I go, what a crap mullet. And I put a picture <laughs> up of it like that. And the uh, the Daily Star picked up, up on it and says, Pat says Damon's mullet is crap. And it was like <laughs> half a page. <laughs> I'm going, well, you know, don't want to have a fight over this, but it's not, you know. Mu- <laughs> but it is true. It's a crap mullet. Yeah, it is. It's just yeah. not. It's, it doesn't even go down his back. It looks more like my bob. <laughs> <laughs> How much upkeep are you doing, or does it just fall into place every morning? I didn't do a lot with it. I didn't do a lot. I didn't use any product in it. It yeah. was just uh, majestically flowing, and uh, it was a bit like a bird's nest. It didn't really, you know, I don't know what was in it and what was growing in it. It was a bit <laughs> horrible at the time. But you know, you don't you don't need to uh, to do anything with them. They just they just become you just become trailer park. You know, <laughs> just, the, the mullet exists separate to you, the individual. It's just there, isn't it? It's its <laughs> own it's entity. Own, own entity. Yeah. Absolutely. Did you ever consider getting it insured, like Elmuk Furson's legs? You've really you've really gone off the uh, parenting thing, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> he can't help it. <laughs> well, sorry. First, we've asked about your kids for 20 minutes. Right, let's do a couple more quid. Did your kids like the mullet? <laughs> Stop talking about the mullet! Oh, <laughs> you, I know you love the 90s, but Pat's not here oh, to talk sorry. about the mullet. We're talking sorry. to a man in an audio format that hasn't got a mullet anymore about mullets. <laughs> I haven't had one for like nearly 30 years. It's amazing. <laughs> Have you ever had an interview that hasn't ended up touching on this, Pat? No. (laughs) (laughs) Right, have you got any more questions, Josh, before we wrap up? Well, I I feel like I should bring it back to parenting, shouldn't I? Because um, I'll be honest with you, you know, this has been one of the most fun ones we've had, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. But I want to learn from someone who has, you know, who's parented, and now it's great. I think you might be our first grandparent, actually. Is that oh, correct, Ross? No. Um, I oh, don't Jonathan really Ross. pay attention to all the... All the yeah, all maybe the, Jonathan Ross. I, I don't think Jonathan yeah. Ross has got grandkids. Has he not? No. We've had a lot no. of guests on, but I think he's our first grand, uh, grandparent, which is exciting. Oh, yeah. You seem too young to be a grandparent, Pat. Still in my 50s, so yeah, it's good. But we had Still. kids young, so if you start how, young, you're, when, you're getting... How long, how long are you... Uh, when, when do you turn 60? October. So still in your, still in your 50s, though. You're yeah, in your 50s. Just. <laughs> just, just. <laughs> I'm, as kids say, and, and kids listening will like this, well, if there are kids listening, as parents listening, they'll know that their kids always say, I'm 59 and three quarters. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and, and so what, which was the period of being a parent that you kind of look back on the fondest? Is it them as a, a baby or as a toddler or small children? Or did you love the bit? I mean, obviously you're a very positive person. I'm sure you loved it all. But the bit when they felt like they were mini adults. Yeah, I would say probably the mini adult bit where you can say to uh, certainly we had two boys first and then a girl, and I, I would you know I'd take my boys and just say come on let's go we're just going and and, and Monica would say where, where are you taking them I go we're just going we just go and we go out and play football in in a hailstorm or something and just like come back really muddy and they go that was brilliant she go oh look at the state of you so I just did things with my boys that were fun and just you know outrageous and took them to concerts and took them to they would come to all the Capitol Road shows. Even when they were babies, I remember Nicky at a Capital Roadshow fell asleep at the Hammersmith Palais on, on one of the sofas and he was like <laughs> vibrating as he slept with the bass as it hit the sofa, going <laughs> like jumping up and down. But I said, you know, where else would he be? He's obviously going to be here. This is what I'm doing. So this is where he's going to be. And he, and he grew up with the sound of bass, you know, vibrating in his head on the sofa. That's probably not allowed these days either. So No. <laughs> <laughs> that I think that's really nice that you kind of went – you 
your kids experienced your life. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't that you kept these two separate lives. You were kind no. of... No, they were in everything. They loved it. They absolutely loved it. I think they did anyway. They always say they've got great memories of it and uh, they enjoyed it. But none of them went into the same business as as I uh, am in still today and blessed to be in it. So uh, they're all doing their own thing and their kids will will obviously enjoy whatever they do, you know? Aww. it's It's been a heartwarming, genuinely um, lovely conversation. Rob, you always like to end with the, the same question i think pat's going to struggle with this well yeah the question is what's the, the thing that your wife does parenting wise that uh, probably doesn't anymore now they're grown up but used to really annoy you when the kids were small that um you couldn't tell her annoyed you without it kicking off is and this is your opportunity now that if she listened to it if monica listened she, she you know she might go fair enough he's got a good point i think she does now what she did then and she was just a little bit too over caring with them she should have let them off a leash a bit and she's not doing that with the grandchildren she's very careful i keep getting told off don't do that don't let her do that don't do that and i I think you just gotta let kids go a little bit you know keep an eye on them but still let them go on that swing or that slide and have some fun because they've got to have a youth where they learn to fall over a little bit and uh, dust themselves down so she's probably a little bit too a little bit too worried about things Fair enough. Big I can say that is the absolute spirit of Funhouse. Speaking yep, right there. Yeah. You've got stick to him, be stick him in the gun. Stick him in the gun, <laughs> your kids. We had kids who went to, we had kids who went to hospital. They got winded and stuff in the games oh. and we were going like, right, you could do us a real favour here. Could you just stop crying for a couple of seconds while we get this link done? And uh, all I need <laughs> All I need to do is I'm going to say, well done, Johnny. You've got 25 points. You smile, and Melanie will run off with you to the side. That's what you need to do. And he's going, I need to go to hospital now. And I'm going, no, no, you're being fired. Just get this link out of the way because I can't get back into these clothes tomorrow. They're filthy. And we've got to get it done now. Otherwise, it's another shoot. So, uh, for goodness sake, pull yourself together. You're on the show. You wanted to be on it, didn't you? They go, yeah, I always wanted to be. I didn't know it'd be like this. I didn't know it would take so long as well. It's, I've been here seven hours. It's only 20 minutes on the telly. I go, yeah, well, it's television. You know, It takes a while. They've got to get the cleaners in to clean up before the go-karts can go around because there's all gunge on the floor from the last game. So get with the program, bloody kids. Oh, thanks, Pat. It's Absolutely been amazing. Perfect. Thank you so much, Pat. Um, the book is called Rerun the Fun. It's available now. Pat Sharp, there we go. What a legend. Oh, that was a real buzz for you, wasn't it, Josh? Loved it. Loved it. Can't wait for Dave Benson Phillips next week, Rob. This podcast's <laughs> changing. We can't just do your 90s crushes. No, no, no. I, I'd say one a year. One a year. And well, no, to be fair, though, it was good. We, we, I think it, was, it wasn't his fault we didn't talk about parenting that much. It was more our fault and our yeah. questions that led us down the fun house. You went mad on the mullet at the end. Yeah, I'll be honest. <laughs> we, we haven't digressed that much since we talked to Romesh about how ripped Andy Peters was. <laughs> yeah. People like that. Let us know. Do you like the digression or should we be bringing it back to parenting? Yeah. Let us know what you think because I'm a fan of a digress. Me too. Let's always remember we did 15 minutes on Priscilla Presley with Jared Christmas. That, that, that is surely... <laughs> I mean, let, I'll be honest. The best stuff I've ever done is not involve kids. No, be it's holding us back. It's holding <laughs> us back. I tell you, we should get rid of the parent and just call this podcast hell. Rob <laughs> <laughs> Beckett and Josh Riddickham's hell. Um, <laughs> see you on Tuesday when it'll be me and Rob talking about parenting and bins and stuff, probably. Yeah. Right. Bye. Bye. 
Hello, I'm John Richardson. And I'm Matt Ford. We are comedians, best friends, and we're both football mad. And with the new season just around the corner, we'll be spending more time than we'd like to admit playing Fantasy Premier League. There's nothing we love more than competing against each other in our own league. So, in order to justify our FPL addiction, we've set up a brand new weekly podcast called Comedians Playing Fantasy Premier League. And it's not just us. Each week, we'll follow a group of comedians competing in the world's most competitive game. Buying for top spot, we'll be amongst others Rob Beckett Russell Howard Ramesh Ranganathan Josh Widdicombe Maisie Adam and Richard Osman plus they'll be joined by a recurring roster of special guests from now until the end of the season and each week there'll be prizes forfeits and lots of interaction with you yes you our soon to be hopelessly obsessed listeners there'll no doubt be lots of competition between myself and Matt and we will look back at the week in football and discuss how events off the pitch might affect your selections our first episode is available Available to download from the 11th of August from all the usual podcasting platforms. So please like, subscribe and share. You can also follow us on Twitter for extra content throughout the week and to also keep up to date on the standings of the Comedians League. And that's at Comedians FBL. See you in a couple of weeks.